Okay, we spoke last week about the idea that when you see Milchomis Nuskaras of Bazook, when you see a battle beginning, that's a pay the Ragashla Mashiach, what the Gemara says, anticipate Mashiach, because there's always a potential of how things are going to develop, and there's always a possibility that things will lead to the coming of Mashiach. Now, if we said sometimes you can see it so much more clearly, because sometimes what Chazal tell us about the factors which are going to need to happen in order to be something to be considered goig or magoig are there and sometimes they're not there and obviously the more clearly we see the indicators of what Chazal are talking about so the more we can see this has the potential to be goig or magoig why is it has the potential? because, and we'll see this in the Pasuk in a moment, uh, there's a certain amount of participation from the Jewish people's point of view that's needed for it to be goig or magoig if not, so this has happened previous times in history, and that is that what was meant to have been Gogumagok, obviously that we, Kalishol, derailed it, and then rather than ending up as Kama Mashiach, it just ended up as a, an all around tragedy, an all around disaster. The best example of that is the Jewish year Tafches, which is approximately 380 years ago, just under that, which corresponds to the 1648 which was the end of what was called in Europe the 30-year war. Now the, go- the Zohar says in two places that Tafches is Nasagola, is Aish Nasagola, but Tach, what you call, in the Jewish calendar it wasn't Nasagola, it was a, a year of tremendous tragedy. A lot of Jewish communities throughout the Ukraine and Poland got wiped out. And Mukubalim uh, at the time said that it was because it was meant to be Nasagola, and we didn't do what was expected of us, so then rather than developing towards what was meant to have brought to Mashiach, it just ended up being a kilo uh, that we didn't do what we were meant to do and then it ended up being a slaughter. So therefore we can talk about what the signs of Gog and Gog are. We spoke about that last time. We can talk about how we see things bringing to that result. We have to talk about the all-important factor and that is well, what's going to make it Gog and and eventually become Mashiach as the first of Hasfashal and what can derail it. Now, we spoke about... I have to repeat the previous slide about the idea of Paris and Adam, and we spoke about the idea of Sukkot. I just want to add a few more points to make it a bit more clear, because there's always a question people ask. And that is, like we said, the war of Gog and Magog, the point of it isn't to punish, the point of it is to prepare us for Mashiach. <coughs> there were other wars in history, which came as an Oynesh, or we said the Mashkis, and then the point was to punish. And how do we know which is which? How do we know if a war is meant... Uh, to be a punishment, in which case no one's guaranteed they're going to be saved. Like we saw last time when the Mashkis is let loose, so he's in a Mavchim ben Sadiq Lerasha, and therefore the only answer is run away as fast as you can from the war zone, and Bez Hashem, that way you save yourself. Just like Europe of 80 years ago or 90 years ago, uh, when it was clearly a Kharain Af, a sign of Hashem's anger, it was just a punishment, and if anyone could escape, it would be obviously the right thing to do. And those people who stayed behind, for whatever reason, Lambach were the ones who got killed. Okay, so how do we know what it is? Is it an expression of Haroi Naf, or is it something which, and then there's, like I said, there's no Aetzis. Haroi Naf run away. Uh, as opposed to something which is the time where Gogo Magog. And I want to emphasize something because of this question has been asked so many times over the past week. And that is, even if it's Gogo Magog, what would be the big deal to run away? Yeah, okay, so we won't, so, going on, going not going on, going on, but if this is the war zone, isn't it safer to be at the war zone? So I want to clarify what I said before. And that is, the point of going on, going is uh, to prepare us for Mashiach. 
which means, and the Mishnah says in Saita, and it's brought down in the Rishonim as well, and that is that the point of the Gagamagog is because naturally people rely on strength. People rely on, and we have more planes, we have stronger missiles, we have a better army. People rely on physical human strength. And that's altogether a mistake. That's altogether a mistake. It's relying on which means human capability. It's relying on this Goyish nation to help you, or that Goyish nation to help you. And uh, then people have confidence in, in people. And that is a complete contradiction to Mashiach. The, the necessary point for, for Mashiach to come is that we rely on Hashem. We rely on Hashem. And what's going to make people rely on Hashem? Only when they see nothing else works. Only when they see nothing else works. And therefore, the point of the war of Gog and Magog is for people to get to the stage when they don't feel they can rely on people, they don't feel they can rely on armaments or on, on whatever other weapons they have. People have to rely on Hashem. And then when people rely on Hashem, then Hashem can come and save them. But before that happens, which means before the stage of people come to rely on Hashem, so then we, we're preventing Hashem helping us. We're preventing Hashem helping us because Hashem is not going to save us by force. It needs us to first realize we need Him, and it needs us to first realize that we have nothing else to rely on. And then when we get to that stage, then Hashem can come. But if we, never, if we don't get to that stage, we absolutely refuse to see that. So then we're preventing Mashiach actively, actively preventing Mashiach, because we're not allowing ourselves to come to that point of Emunah that is going to, that is going to uh, so to speak, prepare us for Hashem to come. Now how bad do things have to get for that to happen? All depends on how obstinate the clients are going to be. Because the more clearly and quickly we see, we can't run anything else, we need Hashem. So the more quickly we're, able, we're enabling Mashiach to come, the more people absolutely refuse to see that and are determined to continue relying on people or, uh, either or, ne- or the world or their weapons or anything else, diplomacy, I don't know what else we want to rely on. So then the less they, they, they are ready to Mashiach and the more Hashem is going to have to make things clear to them and don't rely on it because it's not going to help. I read a letter this morning from the general of the IDF said to every single soldier, the Chizik letter, and it spoke about the willpower of the soldiers and the strength of the soldiers. And I read through it. It doesn't mention Hashem, God, or Judaism once in the whole letter. All right, that's a problem because the IDF is not a believing organization. They don't believe, unfortunately. But it has to get to the stage where at least if there's an organization, don't. At least the people Prime do. Prime Minister's been quite pro. He's mentioned Hashem a lot. The army and hopefully the individual soldier will realize that too. An individual person. If you're the Prime Minister or the, or the general of the army, what would you do differently? And, like, what would you not do that the guy's doing, or what would you guess? Okay, do? so now people ask this question also. But first I want to, let's explain one more where, where am I seeing it? Where do you see that what's, what's necessary for Hashem to bring with Sheikh is the fact that we come to Emunah. And then without that, it's not going to happen. And then Hashem gets angry, because everything was set up, and it was your fault. You, you prevented it coming, because you didn't have Emunah. So I'm going to read you the Pesukim, uh, which talks about this. It's a Pesukim in Hazin. And it's so clear. You can't miss it. Hashem says, after all that the going did to the Jewish people, and after they slaughtered us, and after everything they did to us, so now listen to the psalm. I'm going to read them and translate them in Hazinu. Hashem says, Li nakam v'shilem. It's for me to take revenge, to pay them back. Kikarav yem edom, the day of their punishment's coming. The Chashas said this lama with the future. Hashem is ready to bring it. Kiyadin Hashem amoy. Hashem will judge his people. Va'lavadav yisnechem, and he's going to have mercy on his servants. Kiyirek yozlas yot. He sees that they have no power, there's no one to help them. 
So Hashem sees what's happened to the Jewish people and Hashem says, I'm going to take revenge for them. I'm going to protect them. They're my people. Okay, so that's what Hashem said he's going to do. Now, listen to the apostle. Hashem turns to the Jewish people in the middle of the story and he says, You, see now. It's me and there's no one else. Hashem says, I'm the one who kills and I'm the one who gives life. I'm the one who injures and I'm the one who makes and I'm the one who can cause recovery. No one can save themselves from me. Good. That's the Pasuk. And now the next Pasuk, Hashem goes back to the story. He says, I'm going to take the lightning in my hands. And then, I'm going to pay back revenge to my enemies. I'm going to I'm going to make my, my arrows drunk with blood. My sword is going to eat flesh. From all the, kill, the millions of the going, I'm going to kill. That's Gogomagog. The war where Hashem is going to bring his sword and his spear to the battle. And he's going to make it literally... His arrows drunk with blood. How much blood does it take to make an arrow drunk? I don't know. But it means a fortune. There's, and my sword is going to kill. So Hashem said, I'm going to punish. But this was all progression. Hashem said, I saw what happened to Klai Israel. I'm going to take revenge for them. I'm going to come fight. Good. That's all going to go. And now in the middle there's a posuk. Directed to us. You see, understand that Hashem has to do it. There's no one else. And which means you need to do that in order to allow Hashem to do the next step which is to, to, to use his sword and his, and his arrow you have to come to the realization you don't, it's not going to get stuck and that's don't why don't yourself, don't, don't fight yourself it's saying. no, it says that you have to come to Amunah now the question is, does that mean you have to sit back and do nothing? no, not necessarily if, if sometimes there's a chayvah sishtadlus and we have to protect ourselves, we do but it's with the understanding that we're not the superpower that we can rely on ourselves. It's understanding the power that and that is Hashem has to help us. And we can go to war because that's what we need to do. Relying Hashem has to help us. And if Klai Yisrael realize that, good. And if Klai Yisrael don't realize that, then things are going to get worse until Klai Yisrael do. And uh, does it mean how many other uh, factors does Hashem have to bring to the table to, to people realize that? It just depends how obstinate people want to be. So Hamas, eh, it's just some regular group, a ragtag bag of terrorists, and guys, we can deal with it. Okay, so that doesn't bring people to him. Will Hezbollah do it? Will Iran do it? Will Russia do it? Will China do it? How, how big does it need to get until people realize that? And that's, again, how, how long Goygumagog is, and how much of a, a scary situation it has to be, is completely dependent on Klai Yisrael. Who's Klai It's completely dependent on Klai Yisrael. Who's Klai Yisrael? Uh, so, now, this brings me to my next point. And that is, we said before, people ask, okay, Gogomagog, not Gogomagog, but this is a dangerous place. Maybe it's better of weathering the storm somewhere else in the world. So the answer is, if it is Gogomagog, that's a big mistake. Why? Because it makes no sense to say, well, in order to bring Moshiach, Hashem wants to bring people to Emunah. So people in Israel, Hashem will bring them to Emunah, and people around the world will just coast smoothly into Moshiach. Anybody who's going to be Zaychah to Moshiach has to have that Emunah, regardless of where you are in the world. And that's why, if it is Gogomagog, so running to Chutzlaret isn't going to help anything. Because if that's, if that's what the Ramon calls, and he talks about it, the Shaiyas Nisoyen, that Hashem is going to put people through, are you going to rely on him or not? Are you going to have Emunah or not? Then any Jew, wherever they happen to be on the planet, who wants to be Zeichet to Mashiach, is going to have to show that Emunah. And what are going to be the factors which make Moshe to that? So, wherever, wherever in the world it is, there will be what Hashem will do to the Yidin there to make them afraid as well. And bring them to that reliance also. 
So you can't run away from Gogol Magog. It's not like if you're in a different part of the world, then Hashem forgets about you, and okay, you don't have to have a money, you're okay, you'll get in without that. There's no, there's no, it's no sense. The point is, people have to come to their money, that's what they're going to deserve to be saved, and wherever they are in the world, they're going to have to come to their money. Okay. So that's the first point. Now, but on the other hand, that, so as a Hoyrali Rabbim, as a Hoyrali Rabbim, to say, therefore, if this is a situation where everyone has to run away from, it's hard to say that. Because, like I said, if, it, if there are signs of Gogol Magog, they may not have to mean where you are. It's a Shastan sign for everybody, and it's tough for those Yitin who have him on, wherever they are in the world will get saved, and like, like the Psukim say. But I want to come to something else also. And that is, uh, we mentioned last time some of the concepts of Gogol Magog. I want to mention another possible, which we see happening too. Uh, and this is in the Torah, in the Torah, in the of Bilam. It's the Torah of Bilam. The, remember, Bilam's talking about the time of Mashiach. In his final Torah, which he spoke about, so he says, I saw, he's talking about the end of time. And he says, But he saw Mashiach, the Yomar, Oi, Mi Yechia Misumaykal. Who's going to live? Misumaykal. What does Misumaykal mean? Um, so there are lots of different chats in, in Mufarshim, exactly what Bilam was referring to. But, the, the the one of the many pshatim in Chazal already, or is referring to, is the time of Mashiach. Uh, from the destruction of that beforehand, who's going to live? Now, Bilam says a very unclear possible What he says is going to happen when before the time of Mashiach comes. And uh, but today we can see it happening. He says, "V'tzim biyad kitim, miyad kitim, shtima shaps." Ships will come from the Ketim. Ve'inu Asher, ve'inu Eivin. They're going to fight against Asher, and they're going to fight against Eivin. So Asher, the place of Asher, is the place of Syria. We know. And the place of Eivin is today's Iran. In Mesopotamia, the ancient Mesopotamia. So the ships will come from the Ketim to fight Asher and Eivin. But Gamhu Adav, and he'll also be destroyed. Who's the who going on? The ships or on Asher and Eivin? That's not clear. But uh, the, the kid, who the Ketim? So Chazal said already that the Ketim is the Koyach of Rehmi who is coming to fight against Paris. They're going to send ships. And we see ships. The ships are here. From UK and US and UK is definitely all the Rehmi. Well, the Rehmi. So the, the ships have come to fight Ash and Eivir. Who's going to get destroyed? We said there is a Machlekes in the Gemara who's going to win the war. So it's not clear in the Pasuk either. The Gemara who? Who's the who referring to? Okay, so that's, the, that's the, another... Already reference from the Torah. Um, now, once again, that's another sim. That's another sim. Simon. Like we said previously, in order for it to become goyim magoyim, it needs us. It needs us to be How much of us does it need? Does it need the entire Jewish people? So this is a scary thing. Again, I'm quoting the Rambam. The Rambam says no. It could be just ten percent. He brings the pasuk in Yeshaya. And he says, this is what the Rambam says. Let's get that in this passage. The passage says, "Va'oid ba Assyria, v'shava v'hoisel levoya, ka'ila ka'ilan ashab matzav shalechus ba mizera kodesh mechatzavta." So the end of the chapter of Yisroel. But uh, what does the passage mean? So the Rambam explains the passage like this: "Va'oid ba," and those who will still be there. In other words, those who will still be left in Klal Yisroel. He's talking about Assyria. Levoya is Assyria one tenth. A tenth. 
And that tenth, the shav of Hashem is going to threaten them, but they feel they're going to get destroyed. Just not, and that's going to bring them to him, Anna. The threat that they think they're going to get punished is what's going to bring them to him, Anna. Like, the two kinds of trees. And what happens to these trees is in the winter, in the winter, all these falls of trees, they look like they're dead. But really, the trees are alive. It's just on the outside, it looks like it's lost all its leaves, but it's alive, and it'll come back to life again. Same thing, the Klai Yisrael, who Hashem is going to save, so they think that they're going to get killed. They think that they're in danger. But Lema'i says they're alive, and Hashem is going to save them. And they're going, they're, therefore the Rambam explains. He says that it could be only 10% of Klai Yisrael, but they're going to be put through a new sign that they'll have to come to Emunah. They'll, they'll be scared that they're going to get killed. They'll, they'll have, they won't have anyone else to rely on. They'll have to rely on Hashem, and then, 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 then He'll save them. And that's like we said beforehand. Because the... The point of Goyga Magoyg is to the war is to bring people to that realization. We need to rely on Hashem, and when we do that, then Hashem will save us. Um, that's the that's the goal. Now, how do we know? We said beforehand there were times when Hashem punished. There were times when Hashem punished, and when Hashem punishes, so then love after a person as a woman gets saved. Then we said the mashkis is let loose, and the mashkis kills right and left indiscriminately. So how are we meant to know? If this is uh, in that category or not. So the Maisa is, I want to show you something in the Pesukim. Based on the Kabbalah from the Vilnagon. The Vilnagon says what's going to happen in this millennia is all written in Chumash Dvarim. And he says each of the ten parishes of Dvarim, he considers in Tzalma Yerich to be one parasha, is one of the, each hundred years of this millennia, from the year 5000 to the year 6000, is a parish in Dvarim. And everything which is going to happen in that hundred years is written in that parasha. And it's famous that they asked the Vilnagon himself, um, So, where are you? So he said, I'm with you. The Vilnagon died in the year, in the year the Goyish in 1979. It was the end of the, the, sixth, the sixth hundredth year, or the 500 to 600 of, of uh, this millennia. So he said, That's six parasha parashkiseitse. And I'm written in Okiseitse. The Pasuk says, Evan Shlemwe, Yehach. He says, my name is Elio Ben Shlomo. So that's Aleph Ben Shlomo. He says, so that's you'll have Elio Ben Shlomo in this time. And that's why the first liquid that they wrote, the Vilna Gon sings after he died, was called Evan Shlomo. That's it. Okay, it will end. Okay, that's you said the Vilna So let's look at that. Let's look at this hundred years. This hundred years, which is from 5,700 to 800, now is the 8th century. Of this millennium would be the eighth parish. The eighth parish is in some Vayeda. Now, this century started pretty badly because it started with the Holocaust. So we expect to find the reference to the Holocaust in Parshas in some Vayeda. Well, we do. I'll read it to you. Listen to what the Bible says. Vayem Hashem el Moshe. This is Parshas Vayeda. Hin Chashavim Avisecha. Hin Chashavim Avisecha. The, your people are going to stray after all the, the foreign gods of the countries that they go to. In other words, they're going to leave Yiddishkeit and they're going to try to assimilate into any foreign place that they are. Vazovani, they'll leave me. They'll stop doing Brismela. And Hashem says, What's going to happen? I'm going to get angry with them. I'm going to abandon them. We start upon them. I'm going to turn away from them. Now, here are the two words. They're going to be eaten. 
which means there's no there's no one to, there's no one who's going to stay, who has help them. It's like food. They're going to get eaten. They're going to get annihilated. A lot of bad things are going to happen to them. And they're going to say on that day, It's because my God's not with me that all these bad things happen to me. And how is going to respond to Klaishal saying that? He's going to get more angry. I'm going to turn away. I'll call her Rosh. I also got all the bad things that they did. When, when, every time the Kodal goes to East New York, I always give a share on the Holocaust. What happened over there? And the answer is, this was, uh, what the Torah is predicting is exactly what happened at the Holocaust. It wasn't that we came to a realization of Shem's helping us, Haratz, Chuvah, Oy what are we going to do about it? Exactly the other way around. That's going to be an accusation. Where was God during the Holocaust? And it didn't bring them to Chuvah. On the contrary, it brought to more Kfirah. And if that's the case, I'm going to get more angry. And uh, Rashi says, That's the worst punishment of the whole Torah. Which means they're free to be eaten. And there's no one standing up for them, there's no one protecting them. It's uh, ready for the slaughter. Which is exactly what the Oynish was. Okay. I also heard after, so I guess I couldn't explain this passion that this was the Holocaust. Let me say it makes a lot of sense. It's in the right place and it describes what happened. Now, if that's okay, let's go weiter. We're still in that century. What happened next? After Holocaust, listen to the next passage, it's scary. I'll bring them back to the land I promised them. They came back to Israel. And then they'll be successful in Israel. And now, what's going to happen is the same is going to happen again. They're going to go to other things and they're going to forget about Hashem. And now listen to what it says this time around. In Eretz Israel. And coming to Israel, again they're going to forget Hashem. It doesn't say this time they're going to go after the Lahei Necharoritz because there isn't a Lahei Necharoritz here, but they're going to go after, abandon Hashem in the other directions. And now what's going to happen? They're going to be Rois, Rabbis, Fitzaras, lots of bad things which happen here too. It doesn't say Vahayalei Achol this time. They're not going to get like, free to get destroyed like before. And it doesn't say that Hashem was Hastar Asipon at this time. So a lot of bad things will happen. And now what's going to happen? Listen. If the Ansa share the fun of, as though it's the fun of Leid, then the Torah will be the reminder. Because it won't be forgotten from them. And therefore, that they'll come back to the Torah. Which means, what's going to happen in Israel is different to what happened before. What happened before is Israel left the Torah, decided Hashem is not with them, and they're going to get wiped out. They're going to get eaten. They're going to come back to Israel, they're going to forget Hashem again, and lots of bad things are going to happen, and then they'll come back to the Torah, because they'll never get forgotten. So here we have the difference. Here we have the difference. And here we see what the Torah is telling us is not another Holocaust. There'll be Rois, Rois, Rabbis, Rois, A lot of bad things can happen, but the end point is going to be that they won't forget the Torah. They'll come back to the Torah. And that will be, uh, that's the end point. That's where the Pasha ends. Hashem says, teach us to the Jewish people that they should remember it. And uh, if we're going to therefore see the Pasha as, uh, as a, a roadmap for the century, which we're coming pretty close to the end of, in so we see this as a very clear understanding what's going to happen in Israel. And that is that, again, Israel went to Be'er Hashem, unfortunately we see that, 
There'll be rise, rabbits, lots of bad things will happen. We've seen, I don't know what tournament to the full extent, but something that we've seen. But the end point isn't going to be Vahaya Lecha. The end point isn't going to be a Holocaust. The end point is going to be on the contrary. This time, God Shaw will come back to the Torah, and then you marry that when you get the good. Is it this particular occasion, or maybe a number of other times when Israel has been at war here in Israel in the last century? So, is this going to be the final scene or not? Again, that depends on us. That depends on us. Like we said, when the war starts, there's always a concept of because it could develop that way. It's up to us. We have to not stop the process by refusing to see that, like the process says. There's one last point. That says a din for the rabbi. The question is, what about for a yachid? If a person says that, uh, it's all very nice, but I'm just not functioning, I'm falling apart, I'm, I'm becoming psychotic, whatever it is. So, as a yachid, if for whatever reason, you have to deal with them separately, I guess. Now, once again, like we said before, our awareness of what could be doesn't take away our hishtadlus. It's meant to work aside for that. Which means there's something we need to think about, and something we need to plan for, and something we need to have him on in. But if right now the Ishtadlus is for a Jewish soldier to get ready to fight, that's what he has to do. Not forgetting him in Hashem, but the, we don't we, we don't say that we don't have to, we not to do anything. And something applies over here. If for whatever reason the person isn't coping in Eretz Israel, so as much as we can explain to them that if there's really Gog Magog, it's not going to help to go to Chosleretz. Gog Magog is going to go around the world. But every, every Jew who wants to get to Mashiach has to be, get to that Emunah stage. But then again, that's a rule for the rabbi. For the individual who is falling apart, who's having panic attacks, so you have to deal with them as a yachid. And if right now the shtadlus is, go to a place where you'll be more calm, even if it's only temporary. Maybe that's the right thing for them. So it's very hard to answer a personal question based on this kind of idea. The personal question is taken into account, the circumstances the person's in. Coming to Eretz from America after. So it's the same thing. Again, as, as a rule, if it's Gog and it makes a difference. If it's a... But it'll depend on the person's individual circumstances. In other words, what's the, what's the right thing for them? But uh, that's why we're talking about it. Because the one thing we can do, obviously, besides the studies we need to do, but the one thing we can do is work on the money. If that's the point where it's all meant to get us to, so then I'd rather, the Rechon of Asim said this, I'm going to finish this, uh, when he was in Europe for the Second World War. And they asked the famously the question that the, the Midrashim and the Mishnahis talk about all kinds of tragedies which have to happen before Mashiach comes. Why? And Rukhan said a very famous answer. And he said, none of those things have to happen before Mashiach comes. There's only one thing which has to happen before Mashiach comes, and that is the Jewish people get to the realization, that we on Hashem and on nothing else. Like the boss says, The only question is, how much service is it going to take until the Jewish people get there? So that's unclear. <coughs> it depends on us. It depends on us. And the, 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 the more we refuse to see that, the more service we're going to have to go through until we get there. The more quickly we get that point, the less service we have to go to. I'll finish with this point. How long do wars have to take? It's an amazing thing in Tanakh. And that is, wars in Tanakh could sometimes took a few minutes. That's all. When David and Amalek went to fight Goliath, how long did the battle take? Seconds. They are, they, they're both uh, it's, uh, kind of uh, go to each other to battle. They both go forward. David picks up his thing, hits Goliath. That's it. It's done. That was like a few, less than a few seconds. It was over. When Gideon went to fight Moab, 
And Marv had an army, it says, An army, the size of, the part doesn't give us a number, just as soldiers, many as are standing on the seashore. And how long did the war take? A few minutes. A few minutes. Hashem made panic in the Machane Moyav, uh, in Machane Median. They started running, they started thinking of the people running with the enemy, they started killing each other. It just became an altogether pandemonium, and whoever didn't kill each other ran away. In minutes, it was over. He went in the middle of the night, by the morning, the battle was finished. When Hashem wants to, a battle can take minutes. Sometimes it's in Tanakh, battles took years. Well, the siege of Yishalayim took three years. The battle against Beitar took more longer than that. What decides? What determines how long a battle is going to be? It's going to be chick chak in a few minutes it's over, or it's going to drag out longer and longer and longer. And the answer is one thing only. And that is, if in Shemaim's scale it's very clear who's going to win, then there's nothing to take time about. It can be over in a second. If in Shemaim's scale it's very, very, very unbal- uh, unclear, it's very, very undetermined, then it's going to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on until something becomes clear. And that's why when it came to, for example, David against God, yes, it was clear miration. Hashem says, David's going to win. There's nothing to talk about. So when he actually meets God in the battlefield, it's a second and it's done. When Hashem sends Gideon to fight Midian, so he told Gideon, you're going to win. There's no question in Shemaim. It's just a question, go and do it. And it can take a few minutes and it's over, you've won. When it's clear in Shemaim who's going to win, it doesn't take a long time. It's a quick battle, chick tack, and we're over, it's done. Same thing when Yenison went to fight the Pishti. Also another example where Hashem wanted him to win. Within the same day. He went to, in the morning he went to fight. By that night time they already started, they celebrated the victory. When, when it's clear in Hashemayim who's meant to win, it's fast. All those battles which drag out a long time is only because it wasn't yet decided in Shemayim. It was very, very unclear and the Hashem was waiting. And waiting and waiting and waiting. For example, we gave example, the fall of Yashemayim. Hashem was waiting because he was hoping close towards each other. And if that's the case, he would, the battle went on for three years. For three years, it's a very, very long time for an ancient battle because it wasn't clear who was meant to win. On the contrary, there was always the decided that maybe the Jewish people don't deserve to lose. And Hashem dragged it out and out and out and out. And why am I saying this? Because the same applies to Gagamagan. We spoke about before and that the different shittas in Chazal, different Midrashim, about how long the battle is going to take. And that's why I had one more point to that. And that is, what's it going to depend on? It very much depends on us. <coughs> it very much depends on us. Because if the point of the battle is that we're going to come to Emona, even if it's a tent or clash or whatever it is, but we're going to come to Emona, then if we're there, the battle doesn't have to take a long time. It achieves its objective. But if clash are going to refuse to see that, and therefore it's going to be a process of more and more and more and more until eventually we get there, then it can drag out much longer. And that's why there's no guarantee the amount of time it's going to take. It'll be very short, it could be very long. The factor which depends on is. In Shemaim, is already determined who's going to win. Because when in Shemaim, it's clear who the winner is, and things don't take time in this world. In Shemaim, when it's not clear yet, because it isn't, either we don't yet deserve it, or because we're not yet holding by it, then things will take time. Oh, get the the it's connected because the question is what's going to bring Klai Israel to more children. Yes. Even 10%. Even 10%. Are we not 10%? No. 40 no. million Jews? 1.4 million Jews? I'd rather be so many more million. If there would be. And first, they're much more than 40 million Jews. There's 40 million Jews that they know about. They're much more they don't know about. Or they're married, whatever the case is. 
whatever whatever the ten percent is, and for those for that amount of years, Hashem will save us. But they need to be like we said the beforehand. They need to be the zera kodesh machzav. They have to be strong. They have to be holding on to their emuna in order to get saved.